You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Here we all are. It is another edition of Sherwood Park District Soccer Association's Soccer Talk in the Park. Did I say that correctly? Soccer talk and the soccer talk. <laughs> soccer talk. It's a, it's a sound American, as they say it. Uh, we've got Dan O'Drummond, Charles O'Toole, hey, D. Govender, and special guest star today, DB. Yeah, yeah, Gerald Bradley. We're yes. in. Yes, he's a coach. Let's he's a it. board member. He's an all-around nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's the best intro I've ever had. <laughs> that's, that's the way it should be, though. Um, so all we're in here today to talk about is Daryl's trip to Vegas that he was in. <laughs> Yeah. And, and no, 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 no. That's, I heard what goes on in Vegas stays in yeah. Vegas. So, uh, no, we're going to talk a lot of things. We're going to talk uh, the um, younger girls programs. Uh, Daryl's a coach with the uh, under eleven Phoenix program, uh, so we'll have a chat about that. We'll talk uh, a little bit of facilities because uh, both of us are kind of in the know of what's moving on. And I know we talked about facilities in the past, but we're going to uh, maybe be able to get a little bit more in depth as, uh, as far as the process. Uh, moving forward uh, with the city and the county goes and uh, and where we're at because it's pretty exciting. Talk a little CPL. We had uh, Jeff Paulus do a boot room thing uh, with the club or in conjunction with the club and, and just to sort of having a talk about youth, youth within our program and, and the possibilities of them one day uh, being able to make it to the professional level. I mean, all of us work in, um, almost all of us work in uh, university and college um, realms as far as our coaching goes and uh, we see a lot of players come through and to, you know make it onto the pro level so we can talk a little bit about that as well as you know what a big thing we have to talk about kit just kit in general yeah. you know where it's come why don't they have the uh i was gonna say crotch hugging <laughs> but you know, guess the goat's gonna cover that one yeah. again. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't swear there. That was actually me making a goat sound. Um, but yeah, so we can go uh, go from the seventies all the way through to uh, current times. The what? The the seventies? You get some short yeah. shorts back? Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's what I was talking about. Uh, <laughs> and unfortunately, Charles and I actually made it through that time zone. So, yep. uh, <laughs> and so we, we'll talk a little bit about that. But let's get things started right away with uh, Mr. Bradley. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Great. Thanks for having me, guys. This yeah. is, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Um, well, you're as excited as we all are here. <laughs> yeah. It's not over yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're just getting started. Here yeah, it's and it's yeah. usually Charles that slams yeah. the heck out of everybody anyway, yeah. so yeah. we never get our own back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a little bit about the, 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 the girls program that you're working with, and obviously daughter involved yep. and, uh, yep. and that, but... Uh, are you having fun? Is it uh, is it an interesting realm to be part of? Wow, it's, uh, how much time do I have here? Right? <laughs> you could just keep Let's talking. Go. No, I love it. You know what? Uh, I've got, obviously got a daughter that's part of the U11 girls program. Um, I love coaching. Obviously, being a player back in the day, I really appreciate all the coaches that coached me. So it's just my way of giving back. Um, I love how far and how, where we've gone with the technical training side of things now. It's mm -hmm. not just a drill anymore. Now there's a lot of game aspects. So it's fun, you know, preparing the sessions for the girls and then, you know, following through and keeping that going. And yep. it's uh, it's been a great time. So I really enjoy uh, my on-field there and, and seeing them improve. That's the most important part, right, is is how they improve and they keep learning and getting better and enjoying it, right? So And that's the key, yeah. too. I mean, if you see the enjoyment, I mean, we're out at these sessions as well. Dee, you've been out at the sessions yeah. and... Uh, and it's much like John Club said the last uh, show, you know, talking about the the grassroots level, and uh, you know, although they might be 
well, I don't know, I don't want to say they're at a, 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 you know, within a different program within the club, but I guess they are. And uh, but just seeing the, the the growth and the and the enjoyment. For sure, I think John had uh, spoke a lot about about you know having fun uh, at uh, at your sessions, not just as a player but as a coach. Like, is the coach having having just as a good time? And I think that um, it's been really it's been really good to to have someone like Daryl come in to just talk a little bit about his experiences. And um, and Daryl and I kind of worked a little bit of hand in hand with organizing uh, some of his players uh, that he wanted to bring up as trialists. So we were going to talk a little bit about that as well too, and and trying to see that uh, there's a bridge between our community and our Phoenix programs. Yeah, and, and you, you've got a bunch coming out this weekend. Yeah, we do. So, you know, even just to speak a little bit about the existing program, we have two teams in the program right now. This is the first season being the indoor that we tiered them. Um, and so we have one team playing in the ESA and then one team playing in EMSA. And it's actually been a really, really good experience for them. Aside from the fact that the uh, the EMSA girls are playing the boarded game. We all know that the boarded game isn't traditional football. So, no, definitely um, me, I, I, I really don't want to play the indoor game, but it's been really good good for the girls to like with like, um, you know, the training sessions, they're, they're playing with each other, um, you know, f- learning a lot of new things and not, not having to experience, you know, difficult times and getting beat, you know, seven or eight, nothing kind of thing. So it's been really good experience for that standpoint. Obviously my goal as uh, coaching the tier two team technically is that, you know, I want to get these girls to play tier one, right? So uh, the more and more that I can do along with our TLs and uh, the other assistant coaches to get these girls to keep learning. That's the ultimate goal is obviously them all playing at the highest level possible, but not overextending them and putting them into a position that they're going to be, you know, failing. Right. So, no. so that's, what's been really good about this is we've got a really solid program this year. We had 27 girls play, uh, both coaches. We get along really well. Um, we've, uh, you know, shared lots of ideas and the TLs. So, you know, we mix our mix of girls together on, on training sessions and, uh, and then, you know, we have our own team practice and then we have, uh, you know, one game a week. So it's been really positive. And speaking to Dee's point, what we've tried to do is if I'm down players for a game or for a tournament, we've looked to the community level to see if there's some trialist girls that would be wanting to come out and play. And it's even more just um, maybe they don't know enough about the Phoenix program, so we've given them their opportunity to come out to some training sessions, mm-hmm. you know, on the Sundays or a couple of them. If they're playing that week with me, they've come out to Tuesdays. So it's been really positive. We've had a great response, uh, and that's credit to the community coaches that are within the program. That I think there's eight teams that are there, yeah. and yeah. Uh, coming up here on these Sunday sessions, we've got two girls or one or two girls from every team that are coming. So that's positive that, you know, community coaches and community players are all buying in that, you know, there's an opportunity for them to learn and to play some more. And let's do it. I remember being out at one of the sessions and you had two trialists that were out at the time from the community fit in didn't there was you couldn't really tell like i mean i know the quality's there yeah there there the quality's really there in the community program especially at the u11 u u9 ego all the way across the board there is quality in that program and some and some of the issues are are or some of the stigmas when it comes to uh community versus phoenix is that some people think that you got to be on the field 5 days a week which is not the case at all um you know we're very very open club and and I feel that if there's an issue with um you know 
the availability or whatever that is, it's just open dialogue with the coach. Uh, Daryl's done a fantastic job in opening that line of communication with the coaches, with myself, and I just sent out an email at the beginning of the year. Daryl's the one that spearheaded it, and, and the coaches in the community side, just they all work together, and, and that's a part of growing our culture um, and growing that, growing that uh, you know, that affiliation with both programs, and I really, really want to give credit to Daryl to and the community coaches, like you said, but, you know, on my end of things, it was just being able to put them in contact with each other, but they've done all the legwork on this. Yeah. Yeah. And the like for like is something that we're going to be moving towards, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, we, we, we want to become a competitive club and that's what the Phoenix side of the program is supposed to be. Yeah. And yeah, obviously the younger age groups were more developmental, but just recently I've attended the ESA meeting on Tuesday this past. The other clubs want to start tiering U9, U10s. Wow. Like, but playing like for like now, from my competitive side, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm for that. Yeah, and the role that I'm in here right now, developmental is what I want as well. Yeah, because I know we get the the basics. We start set these building blocks right now. Later on, that's when it pays off. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of teams that we see right now, I go out and I watch these U nines, U tens, U elevens, and it's kick and run. Yeah, kick and run. But our Phoenix teams now, since the start of the season. I've been working on the technique, looking to build out of the back, looking to keep possession, looking to play through thirds of the field, as we'll call it. Mm-hmm. And now, towards the end of the season, they're getting the most success. Yeah, They're maybe at the start of the season, maybe in the bottom third of the, the table or halfway in the table. Now we're competing for top three spots. That's awesome. And that just shows me through our coaches, through their dedication, through their work, sticking to our curriculum, mm-hmm. sticking to our game plan, we're improving as a team, as a club, uh, as players. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think when you're teaching the kids the game or teaching the kid, uh, t- teaching the kids the philosophy of how we want to play football at the club, you're going to have some growing pains, and I think all coaches need to to realize that when you play against other teams that might be looking to lump the ball up to their best player and they're getting the success because they might be getting the so-called wins over over your team. Think about what you're doing in the progression and in the training sessions, and see the progression out throughout the whole entire season, uh, because majority of the other teams that you play they might be having that initial success but if you look down uh, and for two or three years down the road what is your player going to look like what is that what is that player going to look down three years down the road the the player that's kicking the ball up to their best player they're going to look the same the player that's looking to understand and learn the game three years down the road they're going to be phenomenal they're going to turn out to be better players in the long run but i think what the problem is though is still a lot of our coaches are in there to win and then we've got the parent side of it yeah. Where they see, oh, the team's not winning, the team's not doing good. I want to move Bill or Jane to a different team now that is winning. Yeah, and it's it's again, it's 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 that education of the parents oh, for the parents totally. that it's not necessarily about the wins and losses, especially at the younger age groups. Let them understand and learn the game, because uh, there's going to be time in life and you know further on down the road where it is competitive. Where. It is the top players playing the game, and the ones that aren't top are going to have to strive to be better and better to to see more playing time to to be involved with these teams. You know, and we've got a great group of of parents within our uh, the U eleven girls, and that was at the beginning of the year playing the boarded game. It was tough because 
the teams that we were playing, they were knocking it down to the corner, chasing it down, applying pressure, bouncing off the walls and just coming. Whereas our girls were kind of, whoa, what's going on? Right? But our parents knew the philosophy. You know, the girls knew that what the philosophy is. And we're just going to learn to keep knocking the ball around. Pass, 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 pass. There's a time to do a through ball. You know, I, I wanted to stay away from knock it to the corner, but there's a through ball. So yeah. there's the, the language that we have there. But... Um, as the season has progressed, they have gotten so much better at the possession-based game. And that's all we talk about now in training sessions or at, at practice or even then in the games, the pregame talks. Just look to pass the ball around. Be brave. Keep the ball. Turn. Open up and pass it. Yeah. And these last you know, several weeks, we've done that. And we've dominated these games in possession. Unfortunately, the results haven't always been there. But that, again, turns to because the other team gets the ball, they knock it to the corner, they come back down to pressure. And that happens. But our girls are a lot happier now if they lose a game game because yeah. of the way they played the game and even all of our parents we lost a game just last week they were like that was the best game you've ever played and we lost three to two yeah but they were like it was so much fun to watch it's been great to watch it because they understand what we're trying to do as a program yeah. and that's keeping the ball and knocking it around and passing so you know it's been great having uh, the our parents understand and know and sort of just that education yeah. that this is what we're looking to do going forward and, and so, as coaches in general i mean it's it, there is nothing better uh, that you can feel than actually seeing your team achieve the goals that you've set out within training sessions, seeing that come to fruition in a match, uh, and then win or lose. You've seen it, like you've just said, you, you lost 3-2, but the, the function of what you've been doing, you've noticed it, you see it on the field, and it's just, that's rewarding in itself. Yeah. So and, you know, getting the parents to buy into that, and it's great that you have uh, the group of parents that you have in, 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 in your team, you know, because if they're all like that, then we have zero, no problems. Yeah. zero problems, zero issues Absolutely. moving forward. Um, we're going to take our first break here. It's, uh, I know it's, it's been kind of short, but we'll take our first break. Dano actually left the room. He's got an important phone call he had to deal with, so he'll be back in with one of these uh, next segments. So uh, when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try and get Daryl to throw on a different hat, yeah. uh, take the coaching one off, and we'll put the, uh, the board member hat on just for a split second, and we'll uh, chat a little bit about facilities, all right? So you're listening to Sherwood Park District Soccer Associations. I don't know what's wrong with me today. The SPDSA. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Soccer yeah. talk in the park, and uh, we'll... We'll be right back. This episode of Soccer Talk in the Park is sponsored by Kuman. Their motto is math, reading, success. Kuman. And we're back. Yes, this is episode 14. I'm liking Ooh. how that number's growing there. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, Soccer Talk in the Park. Are we getting popular? Yeah, I think so. Oh. And like I said, we had Texas. Texas has been yeah. listening. The one guy so in Texas. Like, <laughs> going international. We're going international. I wonder if, yeah. if he can figure out what Blau Baron means. Uh, <laughs> and with That's going to be a running joke now big, for every yeah, podcast, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think Graham's listening in uh, England. Is he? I believe he is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Graham, tell you what. If you can figure out what Blau Baron is, we'll send you a brand new Phoenix scarf. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah. We're upgrading now, the prize. Now we'll, see, we'll, we'll, we'll see if he actually listens to it. And, and, and if, if he does, then we'll, in. We'll, be able to, <laughs> yeah. we'll be able to get it called in there. So, yeah, Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Uh, in here with uh, D. Govinder and Charles O'Toole and D.B., Daryl Bradley, man of many hats. And we're going to get him to switch hats to his... Uh, board member, I work with the district hat, because um, we're going to talk a little bit with uh, about facility and the, and the progress that's going along, and, and um, Daryl and, and many others on the board have been spearheading the whole, let's get a facility built in Sherwood Park and our county, and um, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll just uh, throw it out there. I mean, where sort of are we at in, in regards to that? I know we've seen some initial things. We've seen it up on the websites, but I don't know if a lot of people have seen it or not. It's funny because when I talk to people, they, what, really? Yeah. That's going to happen? So, yeah. Um, where do I start here, too? It's uh, It's been a really great um, sort of run. Obviously, we want them to start digging tomorrow. Of course. Uh, but recognizing there's a process and how things have to take place and, of course, money and usability and feasibility and all those fun things. Um, right now, uh, obviously, the county has approved you know, roughly a quarter million dollars for 2019 budget that the Parks and Rec Administration is doing a feasibility study. So for 2019, they're doing all the research into to what is a where does what does a dome look like? What does a sports facility look like? How many different user groups can they put in there? Um, they've gone and done a tour of the Scottish Dome here in Edmonton. We've given them a handful of other across the country that have these uh, the domes, the air supported domes. So they're doing their research um, and and like they need to, they need to know and mm-hmm. understand. Obviously, us being soccer guys, we're very uh, we really want it to be soccer focused, and it will be. Of course, um, but at the same time, recognize that there's many other users groups within, uh, you know, Strathcona County that will benefit from the dome, whether or not it's using the dome or it's by using the space that we're going to be letting go, like the millenniums or the school gyms. So in a perfect world, um, you know, a timeline obviously is sooner than later, but in a perfect world, there are 2019, your, your feasibility study, we pick a location, 2020, we're into construction, 2021, we're operational, See, right? That would be just yeah. massive, massive for the district, massive for the county, and obviously massive for, you know, soccer within Sherwood Park. Is it is it going to be... Dome, or is it going to be brick and mortar? Right now, um, so in our presentation to the council, uh, you know, several months back, we recommended or requested the funding for an air-supported structure, a dome. Um, an approximate cost, depending on the size that they build, um, you're looking at a six to eight million dollar build for a, a dome. If you're doing a brick and mortar structure, that's a way bigger project. You're looking at a forty million dollar. Mm. So the forty million dollars out of the out of it's not going to happen anytime soon. Um, if I was uh, guessing a, a we bigger can get two domes, yeah, sure. A bigger, larger facility, brick and mortar, is likely 10 to 15, 20 years down the road mm-hmm. when we see another community like a Bremner potentially come in, right, right from the from the county. That's yeah. that's that's realistic because yeah. we do recognize that obviously Millennium's out of capacity, and we're going to need something new. But when that brick and mortar comes in, it's going to be a multi-use facility. Of course, and when soccer is in that talk, we'll request a non-boarded facility. Right. That's that's the trend. Yeah. Um, but short term, um, the dome, the capital funding for it has is allocated in the, f- in the f- next five years. That, so that's the, the capital budget. It's been put into that. So, so that's positive. So council and administration recognize we have an immediate need for uh, an air sports structure or another home for soccer, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, again, it's, it's not tomorrow, but it's coming. Yeah. We know that that's coming. They've, uh, they've gone and toured the Scottish again. Very impressed. Uh, you know, give a little bit of kudos to the guys over there, Kevin and Anthony. They've been very open and welcoming and, and forthcoming with any information that, uh, that you know, I've looked for from them or that the administration has looked for. Mm-hmm. So they've been great partners in that and, and not just saying, oh, we're the only ones in town. They know that the soccer will just continue to build in the area if we have more more domes. So mm-hmm. it's exciting. Um, yeah. I, I, again, I'd I love it to be tomorrow. I'd love to, to say that, yeah, we're going to be, let's go play, but it's coming. Well, I think it'll change the face of soccer 
uh, in Edmonton and surrounding areas because now we're away from the boards. We're playing in a more realistic situation all year round now. Yeah, yeah, and, for sure. I mean, I mean, and it lends itself to. Well, I mean, and that, I, I'm I'm still a big I, as much. I, I love it. I love it. And and we were talking a little bit in the break um, of, of still having. As, as, as Sherwood Park District Soccer Association, having our own facility as well could be obviously smaller scale. Yep. Something that houses the the office staff, the the board when they meet. Uh, we can run smaller programs within that as well. So I mean, that's I, I don't know. It's like we talked about it, but it's uh, that would be my goal. But this definitely is going to make a huge difference for the whole landscape. Well, I think uh, we, the way I think run. it's massive for us because we will be able to keep our money in Sherwood Park as well because all the programs, some of the 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 camps and things, are, you know, we're running in Edmonton, you know, and we can keep that money in house, keep a, keep growing our community, keep growing our programs in yeah. in Sherwood Park, yeah. and we can start. Uh, we don't have to have people even drive into the city to come to and, those and, things. And I think the emphasis that you mentioned it earlier about about us no longer okay, we'll no longer be in Millennium Place. We'll no longer be using the gymnasiums in the county for, for training. And that opens, it really does open up the door for a lot of the other user groups who may be competing at the moment to try and find space. Now the space is going to be there for them. That's right. And there's no more competing for it. Here it is. It, yeah, you've got all the time you want here because of this other facility. Yeah, and our research and preparation for the, um, the presentation to council um, in the last budget cycle, we spoke to many user groups. You know, I spoke to box lacrosse, field lacrosse, to the basketball groups, to the baseball, to the slow pitch, right? And they were all excited about the opportunity, either A, by using some of the space at the new, uh, you know, the facility, dome, yeah. or by being able to use the Millennium, you know, box lacrosse, for example, they like a board, right? So yeah, now yeah. all the prime time hours that they can use at Millennium Place is great. Yeah. You know, of course, there's user groups like our our pickleball or some other senior groups. There's so many different user groups that are going to benefit from this. Mm-hmm. And we've done the research and we know the hours that we're going to be able to give up and that and county knows the demand that they get from other user groups looking for this. So everybody's worked really well together. You know, on our board, we've had several members that have been working on the facility for a number of years. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. Uh, it's it's been a five year process. We've yeah. had a third party consultant that's helped greatly in that in that preparing some documents and some studies for us. So mm-hmm. You know, it's not just the, the last few months that we're getting going. It's everybody before and, you know, Debbie and the staff and people here have always chipped in to sort of what do we need or what sort of information can we provide. So yeah. um, things have gotten some traction in the last, you know, year, which is which is great. Uh, we've got some really good members on council, uh, the Strathcona County Council, that are, are on board with this, mm-hmm. right? You know, I've had plenty of conversations, each of them individually, that they're on board and they recognize that there's a need. So now they have to do do their timeline. We have to allow the county, because if we're asking them to allocate the land, and if we're asking them to even fund it, uh, you know, initially, there's some provincial and federal grants that are available, whether it's to us as a user group or to the county. Um, to we need, get built. You know, yeah. we're going we're gonna to explore that, but yeah. that's, that's this February. So we do have a couple of meetings lined up with administration and council in the next couple of weeks that's going to lay out the framework for the 2019 year of what do we need to do and what are our timelines as far as 
you know, site selection, whether it's quotes from construction companies, um, you know, feasibility studies. So we, we're, we're going to know a lot more, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Things have happened really fast at the council level and at the budget level. Yeah. Um, so we have to sort of allow them their time. Mm-hmm. But there's also, we want to keep that pressure on as a user group and uh, as a board that, you know, we owe it to our members to make sure that they have a facility for our kids to play in, right? We want them to be at the highest level and competing. So this is this is a part of it. So it's it's, it's going to come. I'm, yeah. I'm going to get totally ahead of, uh, of myself here because I know we're just talking about something that's three years down the road and we're and getting an air-supported structure. It, would, there, would the county have any interest in, in expansion, maybe not necessarily saying another dome, but expansion of, of the location? So maybe there's three or four turf fields that are a- attached to, uh, you know, for the, for the outdoor game. So soccer can have a hub. So we can have, you know... Um, so training facilities also with this dome you have a little bit more of a, of, of a hub for, for soccer in Sherbrooke Park. Yeah great great question there D. I mean obviously I can't speak exactly what the county is but you know, if I was providing that advice, there's a few different locations I've sort of e- earmarked here in, here in the county. And, you know, one is maybe not, doesn't have those extra fields, but really if we're looking at a macro level, that's a great idea. We should be looking at that so there's more space. You know, there's some, you know, shoal dice down in Calgary. There's some facilities down, down other places that have a dome, multiple fields. But then what about maybe a baseball diamond, right? Uh, two baseball diamonds. So now you're looking at a larger you know, area that you need to accommodate. And then you might have a brick and mortar structure to go with that's it. Right. That's a changing room and that's right. maybe a, a, the, a, an office for the the city site that's or right. something like that. Uh, so I totally agree. I think that is the best scenario. So you do have a full indoor dome, but then you have also the option for an outdoor uh, turf fields. But to be fantastic, I mean, you, you know, know, hosting competitions or anything like that. If you're yeah. Saskatoon host- yeah. has that. Yeah, mm-hmm. hosting. I mean, provincial competitions. You know, you you go down to you go down to Calgary for competitions, and you know they're on premier fields. You know, there's there's four premier fields there. I know I'm talking about the the club level, but um, you're able to know that there's a facility there. I mean, they if if you're asking me down in Calgary, they should just take that indoor center and just make it full size. But anyways, they've got three outdoor f- uh, turf fields. They're able to host you know university showcases competitions uh, for provincials, whatever like that. And you can tell that there's a little bit of that. It's not necessarily um, for any club, but you can tell that there's a main facility where they've got a lot of options for, for people to come in, for user groups to come in. Yeah, that's exactly. So, you know, look at a place like Iverdent. Oh, yeah. Right? How totally. many different fields do they have at Iverdent? It's a fantastic facility. The only thing they're missing is just an indoor dome, yeah. Yeah. right? But they've got 10, 12 different sized yeah. fields. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's fantastic, right? Yeah. So I totally envision something like that that's happening. But then maybe also add in the baseball diamonds. And yeah. I know there's talk about that. Um, it's just, again, what does this year look like from a feasibility and framework study to make sure that we are doing the best for all user groups? Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're very soccer and we understand that but you also have to respect that there's many other you know users out there but there was, there was talk also about um, Emerald Hills and it having the infrastructure to put a dome up uh, there what's what's the is there a plan for yeah is that in, in the cards or not I, I if I was saying probably not um, if they sh- if we were to do it they should have done it at the time that they built it totally um, yeah. to have to retrofit now and to go in there and to add the pilings to put over top a, a dome it's probably not the best case scenario, right? Um, 
it's you know, it, it's an option. They've talked about it. They've talked that about that. They've talked about you know Strathcona Athletic Park. Um, what about what, what about Millennium? Millennium. That's conversation as well. Can you put a pedway across mm-hmm. right there? Can you dome one field, right? But again, you're in order to dome a field you lose out on potentially two fields mm-hmm. because of the size of the dome and the turf that you're having in there. So they're thinking about everything, right? We've thought about stuff too, and we want to be in there giving that advice. Um, ultimately, we're probably best off going off-site, going Find down somewhere brand new. going down yeah. the road and, and, and building from scratch, right? The cost of having to retro or having to, to modify right now, um, that those are short-term fixes uh, yeah. from a millennium. I don't see Emerald Hills happening. Millenniums, maybe. Um, I can see that one happening before. But what I'd like to see is actually a whole brand new facility built somewhere, right? And, but and, and, at, although you might be saving money by retrofitting or, or redoing an area, when everything's said and done, the numbers are probably really close to the same yeah. as building new. Yeah. You know, I, I think it'd be great to have a little clubhouse over at Millennium yeah, Place. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's right in the middle, probably not the best because you've got all the, the water treatment and everything would yeah. flow to there. But yeah. maybe at the backside where there's the shed, yeah. right? If you could put a little clubhouse or a little pub in there, right? Think about all the tournaments or all the training sessions that we have there. Why can't our parents go and sit and have a pop while they're watching their kids train, right? That builds culture. That, yeah. that builds Absolutely. reputation. Yeah. And that's uh, what we're looking absolutely. at. Absolutely. So. And I think that more than anything else is why, since I've been here, I've really, my, my thoughts have pushed to be having our own thing, our own facility for that same reason, the, the culture, building the culture, having a place where parents can have a coffee, have a pop while they watch their child train and play. Um, it would just, it would just do the club and the community so much good. Yeah. Yeah, we keep telling them that every time that we see them, that we need to continue to build this the brand uh, and the culture. And by doing that is by having a facility or having a clubhouse. Yeah. I mean, that just spills over into, I'm, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, the CPL. Yeah. So now there's an interest. Like people are more focused on the game as well a little bit. We're building a culture here, yeah. like a soccer culture. Mm-hmm. So now people are going to get more interest in it. There's been so many times now, and I've been a part of it, Daniel's been a part of it, where we've been playing with pro teams here in Edmonton, yeah. and they fizzled out. Because initially, oh, yeah, everybody's all into it, into it, into it. A couple of bad results. Eh, what the heck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got better things yeah, to do on my yeah. yeah, it's a little cold now. Yeah. <laughs> well, but no, if we can keep this and keep this fire going and grow this, yeah. we'll, we'll have a sustainable uh, C- CPL in Sherwood Park? Maybe. Huh? Wow. Just, wouldn't that yeah. be cool? Huh? That, that would be yeah. unreal. I, I, think yeah. there's a, I think there's a rule of uh, distances that you have to be before you can... Oh, what do you mean? You York and franchise. Hamilton, they're, they're in each other's they're, backyard. They're, no, they're I know the population. Oh, look at Dundee and Dundee United. You're oh, still throw away. That's different, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I actually remember sitting up in the terraces at uh, Dundee United and looking across, and there was Scumdee's building across the way. <laughs> 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 hey, listen, we're going to take another break here. When we come back, we will discuss, as Charles alluded to, the CPL a little bit. We'll talk kit. We'll talk uh, the power struggle between Nike and Adidas. Eh? All that sort of fun stuff coming your way. And why is it so expensive? (laughs) We'll get into that as well. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. This episode of Soccer Talk in the Park is sponsored by Kuman. Their motto is math, reading, success. Kuman. And we're back. This is Soccer Talk in the Park, 
the official podcast of Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. <laughs> Soccer. Saying it like an American. Gets better every Shot, time score. you do it. Score. <laughs> Shot. Corner <laughs> kick. That was, you know what? I actually got a comment from one of our uh, brethren in um, Calgary who apparently listens to a lot of our podcasts, but he says there's too much banter, and he fast-forwards it till he gets to something interesting. So that little segment of me just being an idiot, well, I'm sure Jordan's going to fast-forward <laughs> some more, okay? Speaking of. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, I can't wait till you're actually on the show. Yeah? Could be next week he's coming in. Hey, do oh, we get cookies or something while we're here? Cookies. Oh, you know what? Really? We'll yeah, just, to... just go out and ask Debbie for those if the cookies are ready. Yeah, we'll, what she says. <laughs> we'll say. There's some uh, O'Shea's over there. Yeah. there. There are actually. There's a, there's a whole box of chocolates here on the floor. <laughs> yeah, mate. right. From a year and a half ago. No, no. <laughs> they, they were from this, this Christmas. And uh, I'm sure half are eaten. And Oh, by the way, the voice you're hearing there is, is Dan O'Drummond's back in the room. I'm back. Welcome back, Dan. Jimmy O'Neill. Back. Yeah. Little, little applause there. And what's the word of the day? Fantastic? No. Wicked. Wicked. I was hoping you were going to go blaubeer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no blaubeerns in the oatmeal. So today. no cookies? We've, no cookies. We've upped the prize to a scarf now. No, we've upped yeah, up the prize. If someone, actually, we threw it out to Graham. Because apparently, <laughs> apparently our friend, the glue, is listening in England to the podcasts. I, I we got someone in Calgary and England? Like, yeah. we're going global. Texas. Texas. Yeah. <laughs> we're international. Everybody get fast-forwarding right now through this? Oh, Wait till we get the camera Jordan in here. definitely is. He's probably just going, oh, come on, in his car. Fast-forward. Fast forward. <laughs> Jordan, we're doing this for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'm, I'm bugging. I'm bugging Jordan Stewart. He's the, uh, the head south coach for uh, the ASA. In, and the Rex in, program. In the, and the Rex program in Calgary. So, You're Thanks, giving away Jordan. a scarf now. By December, it's going to be giving away a new car if anybody's going to get A brand new car? <laughs> we just want somebody to call in. We just want somebody. <laughs> somebody's got an email somewhere around this world. Hey, listen, when we left, we were going to uh, come back and talk CPL. We got DB in the house. DB, how you liking your nickname? Yeah. DB. Yeah. It, it is your initials. Everyone here has initials. <laughs> I'm D-Dub. Hey. Um, so we're going to talk CPL, and um, we were going to talk Kit. More, more or less. Let's, you want to jump to the kit first? You want to do CPL first? What jump to thoughts? the kit. Yeah, let's do kit. Finish the CPL. Kit, okay. Do, do so. people even know what kit means? Okay, so let's, let's give the uh, description of kit. Kit, for those who are uninitiated in soccer, it's your clothing, what you wear. Some, some people will call the kit the uniform, which is the shirt, shorts, and socks. That's your kit. Uh, some will talk about... Um, the tracksuit, your tracksuit being yeah. being the kit. I feel like I just googled uh, kit and got a Wikipedia page right now. Well, you know what? And, <laughs> yeah. and other people like Dano, who constantly wears his kit, he's what's Here considered the a insults. full kit. Ah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. And drum roll, please, on that one. Cue the goat. <laughs> Cue the goat. Yes, the goat will be heard. I might leave the whoa. That's awesome. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, kid has changed, and unfortunately, only uh, Dad or um, Charles and I will know what uh, what really bad kit was like. I've seen uh, some in some videos. Yeah, have you seen them? The really <laughs> short shorts and the and the tight body shirt to go with it. All those. Uh, we were just buffed back then. You were buffed back then. We well, yeah, buffed f- back then. fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the way kits changed? I mean, you see the highlights of some of the Premier League games, and uh, in particular, they've been showing a lot of the old Man United stuff because Solskjaer's doing so well 
coaching Man United at the moment. The baggy jerseys. Uh, the baggy jerseys. What are your thoughts about those? Should we bring them back? I, what I find interesting is that it's some players play with a short sleeve and some get a long sleeve. Like, do they get to choose before the game starts? Yeah, they, what, they, what do they feel like wearing? Do they, oh, yeah. Do they get to choose whether it's going to be the tight ones or the baggy ones? Yeah. Like, they, uh, they probably change their kit at halftime as well, too. So if they play, like if it's a rainy day or something like that, and if they got their kit on, they probably have a whole f- new set of kit at halftime. I spent a couple of years as a kit man for the Vancouver Whitecaps when I was sort of tailing off the uh, goalkeeping thing for a little while. And everybody had, we had two or three, we had three sets of training strip. So they would wear, have something fresh every day. I mean, it got, all got washed, but uh, but for game days, everybody had two of everything. So at halftime, especially if you're playing summertime, and it's you know 24, 25 Celsius, and you're and you're running your you know what off. Um, you know what? There's that <laughs> 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 you come in, you don't want to be dripping in your stuff. So they would take it off and put on fresh stuff. Everything. I mean, the spandex that they put on underneath, everything. I think everything comes full circle. Like, you look at, uh, you know, like, World Cup 86 and Maradona and, like, the tight kits, right? Like, yeah. those are the retro shirts, and those are kind of, like, in style, at least for leisure wear anyways, right? But I think companies kind of look at that stuff, and, yeah, you find more fitted shirts and whatnot now than the 1990s Man U jerseys that I have about eight of because of Beckham and uh, the baggy <laughs> jerseys. So... But there was just different styles back then, too, right, which kind of kept the jerseys. And I suppose that's just how it goes. It's more style than anything else, like any type of fashion that you would get. There's yeah, go, go look at your changes. pictures from 1998, and you'll be like, what the heck was that? Uh, what do you mean? I'm still wearing this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say our 2018, but whatever. <laughs> Same thing. Um, I like when Capo went to like that spandex shirt in the, uh, the Italian, Italian team. Yeah, the Capo one. Where that was interesting. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Now, what are your thoughts between the different large brands that are out there? Depends on the size of you. I mean, (laughs) you look at the CPL, for example. They're entirely sponsored by Macron. Macron. Which is like a... That's totally new here in... North America. I don't... Yeah. New for us, but it's bigger on the world. Oh, I know. You see it on... uh, Was it Italy, mostly? Or or Spain? I'm trying to think of where Macron... I think they're an uh, Italian-based company, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. What do you think? Adidas? Nike? What's... I know, I know most people because they see it so much, especially the kids, are all Nike-based. Mm-hmm. I think it's sad because I think a lot of people um, choose their association to a club because of the uniform instead of the other things that are offered. Yeah, because it's amazing. I, I've, in the past, have worked for a lot of different uh, soccer companies, and uh, it, there's some really, really good product out there from some of these companies that are... I think Under Armour's done a good job when they were with Spurs. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've got a few of their things, and yeah, I thought they'd done a really good job. And Umbro's just been, I don't know, I feel like a lot of Umbro's done... They've been consistent. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, still, I still like their old... Um, they used to have like a high-end, they called it their pro line. They, they, it would be what they would send to pro teams. Like I know the white caps mm-hmm. used to be with Umbro. So they, they had a pro line of stuff that they, they would put out there for training gear, and it was unbelievable. Well, it Canada Soccer so nice. as well up until this year. Yeah. And, all and, and now Canada Soccer's gone. Nike. Nike, yeah. which is interesting. So what do you guys think about the battles between these I think that's companies? A, I, for think, I think that's a PR uh, thing when it comes to Nike. And Alfonso Davis is a, is a Nike. Um, I was sponsored by Nike and Christine Sinclair is sponsored by Nike. So I think that was more of, of them see, kind of seen into the future. I was going to say, what about the foresight that goes yeah. to that marketing person who goes, we need to tap these guys because of these two huges that are totally. involved? Yeah. 
Well, it's huge money. I mean, from the sponsorship side of things, that the organizations or the clubs or the you know national that can can benefit from these sponsors. So, mm-hmm. you know, they just keep battling. It's kind of like the hockey. You know, in the NHL, everything switched over to Adidas this year from mm-hmm. Reebok, right? It, yeah. It's commonplace that this happens. You know, every two three years, once a contract is up, yeah. the next big dog is going to come in and pay for the rights to have it, yeah. right? But what happens then is everybody. All the kit now gets rebuilt, remade, and it's all new stuff, right? So all the, you know, stuff, the sales, right? Uh, the jersey sales at all the Eurosports or all the retail stores. Yeah. I mean, it's it's huge dollars for a, for a big company to come in. And yeah, it's, it's huge for sure. I think that uh, Man City just signed a $50 million contract with Puma to be their next kit sponsor. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so next year you'll see Man City uh, rocking Puma. Uh, I think the largest contract out there, I think, is like $75 million. I think that's Man United with Nike. Um, well, it's got to be more than that. Uh, you, no, I think it's 75 But there's But every year it goes up. Because um, I, rem- I, I remember hearing the story that when Nike took over Brazil for the World Cup, they were given $200 million. That's possible. Uh, as, as far as that. Mind you, that's a I'm talking club, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're talking, talking club, club for sure. Uh, I know the deal with Adidas when they took over the MLS was huge. It's like, I, I, I believe every franchise is in Adidas. And I, I want to, I, I, I don't know if I'll be in trouble for spilling the beans, but I, I know that the Whitecaps alone were, at the time they came into the MLS, it was like $300,000 worth of product for yeah. the first team. That's Just for the first team. Yeah. And, you know, you got what? You know, max 30 players that come in and out. And to have $300,000 worth, like they have a full boot room. Oh, like, yeah. Like a footwear of the latest stuff. And part of the deal, if you don't have your own boot deal already with these companies, well, then you wear the latest that Adidas has. How does the SPDSA get one of those deals? Hey, Daryl? Yeah. Hey, how can we get out? And DB is gone. Daryl, DB has left the room. DB is signed out right now. Do you still have that board hat on? Yeah. That'd be awesome, though, right? I mean, it really would be. I mean, we've got a big organization to have a major sponsor like that. Whew. That'd be a big feather. You know, well, we, we have over 3,000 members, community and Phoenix aside, and right? And here's the other difference, too, about having your own facility, is that you can brand it out. And I think you could do some cross-promoting within that branding. And Because and, I've seen it. I've, I've got a, a, a group that I used to work with that has their own facility in, in BC, and they actually got Adidas to sponsor it. So you had these huge Adidas banners outside the facility and... Uh, I think Beckham was on one of them at one point. So, yeah, exactly. Well, look at, uh, you know, the Scottish Dome here in Edmonton. They're selling sponsorship now, right? And a little plug to their sponsor, Brookfield Residential. Maybe we'll get something back there. But they have stepped up, and they're a three- or a five-year sponsor of the title name of the Dome, right? And they're getting money from that. So great opportunity for us to... Yeah. To to make some extra money, right, on the side. And I know... Well, they just signed Buster's Pizza. To a long-term deal as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the dome. The, the dome. Yeah, yeah. the dome has yeah, several. Yeah, they're, they're gonna. They're yeah. each field inside there. They're having the track or all the way around. around they're having yeah. all the sponsor boards. I mean, there's a huge revenue generator from you score, you four free clubs. Pizza. <laughs> free pizza. Hit the target. Hit the cow. You get a free minute pizza. mark. <laughs> pizza seventy-three. Pizza seventy-three. 73rd minute. Free pizza if you score a goal. Yeah. If, if yeah. you score the goal, exactly. Yeah. Um, Speaking of scoring goals, let's let's flip it to CPL. Kit's great, and it'll always be around. And 
coaches will always be uh, wanting it. <laughs> I love Kit. Yeah. It's better than training in your underwear. I feel yeah. like D, I feel like D Dub gets a new piece of of Kit like every single week that he's in here. Oh, I he's think like, you're, no, he's no, in, no, you're making. He's it in up. the he's in the office. He's you know you know. Yeah, I may need to look at his contract again. Uh, Hey, I spilt, (laughs) you did it this morning, but I spilt my breakfast all over me the other day and actually went to the try-on rack. We have a try-on rack (laughs) here at the office, so if teams and people want gear, they can come in and try it. Or if staff spills McDonald's on their shirt. Or if staff spills McDonald's. So if one of them smells like DW, um, (laughs) never mind. We'll, we'll, We'll... I and the CPL. Yeah, so the CPL. Let's talk CPL. Let's talk about um, what we heard a little bit from Paulus the other day uh, and, and where we think this is going to help a club as far as developing players to move on to that next level. Any thoughts? Thoughts? Well, everybody's looking at me right off the bat. Um, oh, you're the one who's missed two segments. Oh, so I got to catch uh, up. No. <laughs> I'm um, kidding. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I, I think it's great. I think it's awesome to have local kids in the club, like we said. I've got a few friends that are going to be playing in there. Um, obviously, we know the staff well. And I think they're doing a good job getting out to the community. So we just, uh, the McEwen men's team just played the U18s, and all the staff was out. So the head coach, Jeff, was there. Sean was there. Um, John Vincent, yeah, yourself. So it was, it was good. It was just good to see that it's going to be you know our city's team and i think this league is going to be a great opportunity for kids to have something to aspire to um even the kids that i'm working with they're constantly talking about it because that's kind of the the realistic dream that growing up we never had so i think it would be great um jeff kind of spent some time talking about the game model and whatnot and their academy training and how they go about that um and i think it was good A, a little bit of um, in-depth information for maybe some of our coaches, but he wanted to break it down and provide some some notes um, further further that w- from his presentation. So I think it will be a great opportunity for our coaches to gain insight into what it's like to train at a professional environment, what it's like to coach it at a professional environment. Uh, he mentioned about coming out to watching open training sessions, and I think our coaches or any coaches would be silly not to take that opportunity to do that. So mm-hmm. I think the whole thing that they're doing from top to bottom yeah. is going to be great. And it's a, it's a 10-year buy-in by these teams to be involved in this league. So, I mean, that lends itself to a little bit more longevity than you, you might have seen in the past with some of these groups. Well, I think part of that, too, is like Jeff is sort of stuck to his word about bringing through the academy players. So it's going to be proof to his curriculum and the way they've been coached that they can make it to that level. Mm-hmm. So our kids coming up through the ranks right now, getting into that academy, do have a realistic opportunity to actually go pro. Yeah. So right now, I believe he's got almost 10 players that have gone through the academy are now looking to be playing for the first team. Yeah, and he alluded to uh, the signing of, of two or three more players, uh, young players from the academy that are going to step in and, and fill some of the roles of the professionals now. And one of them right now just uh, recently came through Shore Park. Yeah, which is, which is awesome. Absolutely awesome. And I, I guess we, I don't know when uh, when, when there, it was, it's absolutely wicked that this kid was able to get involved. Did we right? fall back into the 90s? Like, how did wicked come up? Well, you, you were out of the room yeah. here in, in, in between our, the one of the segments. Yeah. I get I was out of the room. Yeah. No, 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 I'm just no. saying that in between one of the segments, we were chatting and we were just talking about, for the example, I use the F-bomb way too much. Fantastic, um, but George, then George going fast forward, and then how exactly? And how Kira, when she was here, Kira McCormick, the lovely ex-professional, ex-Ireland player, always used the term "like." Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking in DB here. I mentioned 
a gentleman that he was chatting with the other day kept using the word wicked. Really? This shirt is wicked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all that sort of stuff. Only, uh, you know, DB had the cojones to actually say, you're saying wicked a lot. <laughs> you yeah. can stop that. Yeah, it was about the ninth time I called him on it. And then, <laughs> and then he said it a few more times and he kept kept catching himself. So, yeah. <laughs> you got to be. Got to be. Yeah. Got to be there. As a, uh, but as a coach, let's go back to the uh, CPL, CPL there, yep. guys. Yeah, I'll get you back on the rails. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, as a, as a coach in the, you know, in the program, having the access to somebody like Jeff and FC Edmonton was, was awesome, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, we have a, such a really great technical department here within the SPDSA, and everybody's great, and they have curriculum and all these things. But having access to somebody like Jeff and being invited out to the open training sessions was just was, was phenomenal, right? His, him giving us a breakdown of, you know, you have the U16 Academy, the U18 Academy, the, the, the under 20s. The 20s, and then you've got the first team, right? There's, there's a process, and there's, there's a, a way you can go from one to the next. So it was inspiring for me um, to sit and listen to Jeff and talk about, you know, his game model, what type of players he looks for what you know so being able to go out and watch all these things it's uh, it's going to be great you know invite even some of my players to go out and watch and to be inspired yeah you know it's it's funny because we used to always hear the term and i know you've you, you charles as well we've heard the term if you're good enough you're old enough and yet I, I really haven't seen it that much in the last little while here but i think true to his word i think we're going to see that so are you going to see quality 15 year olds hmm playing professional and uh you know it's it at the end of the day you see young guys jumping in the lineups in the epl and different uh pro leagues around you look at alfonso's only what 17 he just turned 18 just turned yeah so i mean how young can, and he's playing for bayern munich holy crap that's just awesome <laughs> So, anyway, I hope... need that goat sound again, man. Come on. (laughs) Anybody can say that. Everybody says that. What was super neat about, you know, Jeff and speaking to us is that he recognized that his role is to develop players to transition from academy up to first team, but then from there up to the MLS or over to the European or to the different pro leagues. He knows that. That's his his role. His role isn't, at the end of the day, to have the best team within the CPL to dominate year after year after year. No, you develop players. Mm -hmm. And that's as a club within the program. Our role is to develop players either whether it, if they want to from community up to Phoenix, from Phoenix to a provincial team from there to in potentially an academy or a Rex program or something. So yeah. our role is developing players just as just like they are. So it's kind of neat, right? Yeah, it is definitely neat. And uh, you know what? On that note. We're going to uh, excuse Dano again. He's got to leave the room. <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to we're going to wind things up there. It's been a fantastic session. I dropped the f bomb. It's, it's the first one. I was trying to go the whole time without actually doing it. Anyways, want to thank Daryl for coming in. Daryl, yeah, fantastic no time in here. I've just done it again. Uh, Dano, <laughs> Charles, and D. Always a pleasure. We'll Thanks, buddy. Event, we're going to move you up, Charles. Thank you. We're going to move you. Thanks, Charles. We'll move you forward. Come on. All right. All right. Come on. Tomorrow, next time you can be on this side of the table. All right. Okay. Sounds good, man. <laughs> Thanks everyone else for listening out there. You've been listening to the uh, uh, Sherwood Park District Soccer Association's Soccer Talk in the Park. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk to you again soon. See ya. You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. <laughs>